With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. New activation and upfront payment for three-month plan required. Taxes and fees extra. Additional restrictions apply. See mintmobile.com for full terms. It's easy to get lost in the latest true crime podcast. Or your favorite binge-worthy show. But what about your own story? That's the most important story of all. And therapy helps you write it. BetterHelp Therapy is 100% online and designed to be convenient and flexible enough to squeeze in between the next episode on your list. Get started today at BetterHelp.com slash pause for 10% off your first month. Before the new season of Jonathan Pearson's Terry Alderson, the football-friendly, something you might have missed. Here's another chance to hear the episode with boxing legend Colin McMillan. And don't forget to flick through our back catalogue for episodes with Matt Upson, Paul Robinson, Ray Lewington, Pat Nevin, Laura Bassett, Graham Lasso, Motti and more. Our special guest this week is uh, coming from my side. Last week, of course, we had the wonderful Mark Lawrence and he was from the football side. And you'll be thinking, well... What are you born this week? You born someone from the world of comedy? Nope. Anyone from the world of acting? Nope. And uh, what I've done is on a football podcast, I've brought probably the loveliest person you will ever meet in your life. <laughs> he's a featherweight boxing Commonwealth and world champion, and uh, he's uh, he's an MBE or an OBE as well. He'll tell us about that. Uh, it is the legend that is the loveliest man in the world, Mr. <laughs> Collins, Sweet C McMillan. How are you doing? We're all good. Now, the good thing is, we have got Colin on. We're going to talk about the Yardie fight the weekend and as well. Uh, what the best thing you'll love about this, Jonathan, is he knows absolutely nothing about football. <laughs> well, join the club. 
<laughs> I've been commentating for 42 years and no one's realised yet. <laughs> so what about what about what about the FA Cup then? The FA Cup these days is a bit 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 tough for me, but that that's what you want though in the FA Cup. And you were lucky to commentate on that yesterday. In your uh, and, uh, yeah, and I, I've, never, I've, I've never lost my love of it. I have to say, people say it's not the same tournament as it was. Um, I think the last two or three years has been a big. Um, resurrection uh, you're getting teams now playing uh, less reserved teams at the top end of it um, I'm still a little bit worried to see teams at a mid-table not just in the Premier League but in the Championship as well playing weakened teams but I think it's happening less and less and, there, and it is a glorious competition and I commentated on Walsall against Leicester for the world that went out to the world not for England um, and uh, that was sticky Mm-hmm. And um, and then I did Wrexham yesterday against Sheffield United, uh, live on the BBC, and it was it was a chaotic, wonderful, you know, FA Cup clash. It was it was fantastic, and it finished three three, and there was a sending off which I couldn't understand, and uh, and uh, you know there was a goal in four minutes into stoppage time, an early goal, and Wrexham two players went off in the first ten minutes, crucial players as well. Terry and I, you know, I've, I've spoken to Wrexham quite a lot in the build-up of this, and I did them in the first round. They were crucial defenders, the two boys who went off, and and for a non-league team to reshuffle and reorganise and take a championship team, not just a championship team, but a team that's 12, 13 points clear of the third place team all the way was 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 brilliant, and it was yeah, a wonderful just, atmosphere. And let's just point one thing out here for for Alice and for Colin, who knows nothing about football. All right, yeah, Wrexham are are a non-league team, but they're a non-league team with with quite a wage bill and very good championship. For First division players, so that uh, yeah. is slightly different to them playing. Say, no disrespect to Gateshead. Yeah, they, they they they've got the biggest wage bill, um, biggest budget in that in the in the National League by a mile, and they've got Ryan Reynolds in there and Rob McElhenney, and they've pumped two million pounds into the club, I believe. But they're play, they're 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 planning for a, a, you know ten years down the line, and and uh, he came on the BBC yesterday, Ryan Reynolds, and you could see his passion, genuine, honest. Mm. There was no faking it, no. Uh, you know. And he 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 was talking about why why can't they go all the way to the to the Premier League? And um, you know, I heard on the radio yesterday someone saying that that can't happen. Well, well Wimbledon did it, um, yeah. and one or two other other teams have done it. Bristol City were ninety second in the football Bournemouth. league, and then come back to. You know, challenging for a ch- for a championship playoff about ten years later, yeah, but so it can Bournemouth, be done. Bournemouth is a big, big one. Bournemouth did it. Bournemouth. Mate, they, well, two minutes ago, they had their supporters, all six hundred of them, actually painting the stands and everything. They had no. They I'm, were, I'm, I'm I remember paying, sitting. I'm, I'm paying for the how to come back as a player. God, we're fighting for for space. I remember sitting down in, in, in Bournemouth uh, when Southend played away. This is how bad that ground used to be. You could see through the broken stand, and there was a bloke watching the game in a tree, and we were all singing "Tree Man, Tree Man, Give Us a Wave." <laughs> <laughs> Colin, so Colin, football is not your. I oh know we'll get to boxing in a minute. We're going to talk about Anthony Yardi and that great, exciting fight that went a bit wonky for me, but um. Have you a team you'd follow though? Being a man from East London, are you? Are you? Would you be persuaded to go, or would you be persuaded with the boys that you grew up with? Because you you grew up with a lot of footballers, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, like um, when I was younger, I used to like to like football to play a little bit. Wasn't a bad little footballer, and uh, you know, as a kid, I think one of my first idols was Kevin Keegan. You know, I loved, I loved the way that he played back in the day, and obviously from Pele. And um, as a kid, like, well, like we all do, you think. 
you know, when I grow up, I'm going I'm to be a footballer. So, you know, I, I weren't a bad little player, but late on in life, I kind of like took the, the boxing path. But um, I always stayed, you know, watching the football. So I loved the, the major events, the World Cup, the Euro, stuff like that. And uh, I think West Ham's uh, youth training game was behind my old house in Chapel Heath. So, you know, obviously see some of the young lads in that going in there. So, nah. So, what, what, you play football and you play well. At what point did you, did you completely give up as a spectator or were you never one for watching football? No, I'm, I'm more like an armchair, armchair support. I, I, I love West Ham. I'm at the local team. So, I'm obviously, you know, keep an eye on how they're kind of getting on. Yeah. Um, but like, um, I, I used to play when I was like earlier, only earlier on in school days and just after that. But I think obviously once I made a decision to turn into boxing and I kind of like a let everything else kind of go and pursue the um the boxing career. Who, who did you who did you want to be as a boxer? You were your hero. Me going back there was, it was obviously Muhammad Ali and uh, and Sugar Leonard. Those two guys. I mean, for me, they you know they're both Olympic champions. That was my dream as, a, as an amateur to to go to the Olympics to win a gold medal and follow in their footsteps. I didn't quite, I made the Olympic squad, but um, I didn't get to go to the Olympics, but um, those were the guys who really, really inspired me. Why didn't you go then? What, what happened there? Well, I was in the, um, I was in the Olympic squad and it was myself and another guy from Scotland, a guy called Dave Anderson. Mm. Um, he beat me uh, in, in the national finals. I, I put him down. I thought I won, a lot of people thought I won. It was a, a two-one decision. Uh, we both went to a multi-nations afterwards and he got the gold medal. So, you know, he won, so he had to go. And, um, yeah. When you when you say you put him down, you didn't walk out and go, your air's shit. Oh. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> I put him down, I couldn't keep him down. So, um, yeah, so he got to one fight. Hard but, Scotsman yeah. was he, an hard Scotsman. He was tough. Did you, was did you ever go on to fight him for, in a profession, professional world? No, I don't. I don't. I don't really know how he. How he well, he done it. As a, as a, I don't even know if he turned. If he, if he turned pro, to be fair, you know, sometimes you get certain guys who do well in the amateur, but not don't necessarily make it as a professional. And I think, um, yeah, I can't even remember if he actually turned pro. Hmm. And you, uh, you um, were at the Yardy fight the weekend. Did you see it, Jonathan? Did you see any any, any of what went on? No, I didn't. I mean, the build up. On BT Sport has been going on for weeks and weeks and weeks, hasn't it? T- talking about it, but uh, no, uh, I, I didn't. I used to be into boxing in a big way, Terry. Um, before we go on to the to the fight of the weekend, when I was at Capital Goal, we got involved a lot in the boxing. Um, I think I did the first ever interview with Nigel Bent, and um, uh, Frank Bruner was around, of course. And we used to go down to the gyms, uh, Thomas Beckett, and and um, there was a gym near West Ham, uh, Frank. Uh, I remember Frank Peacock. training there. Was it Peacock? Was that we, where were they been, Colin? Royal Oak. They might have been Royal Oak in Cannon Town, maybe. That's it. That's it. Royal Oak, yeah. The Royal Oak. We went there and uh, Colin McMillan, and uh, not Colin McMillan, he's with us. Oh, no, he's Jimmy McDonald. Jimmy McDonald. <laughs> Jimmy Camden caretaker. Uh, he used to come into the studio a lot and I love Jimmy. He was fantastic. He was such an honest man. And uh, he got battered, didn't he? Um, and we were, we were ringside and I remember... A big lad called Mick Lowe's used to work with me. It was a little bit like the Wild West, Colin, at Capital Gold um, <laughs> back in the day. And um, we were watching, it was at Royal Albert Hall. And there was a fella, and bear in mind, Jimmy's a mate, really, at that stage. And there was a fella in front of us, all dressed up in black 
you know, black suit and everything, and uh, proper pro proper gear. And he he was a t he was a bit of a tough, and he was saying how disgraceful it was that Jimmy was in the ring with I can't remember who beat him, but anyway, he was not fit to be in the ring with him. And then there was a bit of a scuffle in the ringside seats that got caught on television, and okay. uh, our boss Scotsman said to us on the Monday, "Were you at the McDonald fight, boys?" Yeah. yeah. It wasn't the only fight, was it? <laughs> uh... <laughs> That's always a, that, that tends to uh, happen more in the UK, I think, doesn't it? Or when British fans go abroad. But they, have you been in a fight, Cole, and it's kicked off outside the ring while you're in the ring kicking off? One, one, one or two times. I think of the. I think there was a, a big show. I think. I think the Nigel Ben fight or Eubank fight down in in um. I think the Birmingham Manchester, and it kicked off kicked off there but normally you don't really get too much trouble at, um, at fight I think because you've got quite a lot of boxes around in, in, the, in the area yeah exactly people are pretty, pretty respectful so <laughs> most of the time it doesn't, it doesn't happen too much yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just stepped on me pint mate uh, sorry I'll get you another one um, yeah so uh, you you had someone fighting the weekend as well didn't you you had you had some were you, were you yeah, yeah since, I, since, since I've retired I'm doing like a bit of like um, it's got like more like mentoring I've got two two fights I've been working with for about two or three years now okay. uh umar khan he, he fought on the weekend he's now six and oh he's doing he's doing really well and his cousin hamza shirt he's like a wbc international and commonwealth uh, middleweight champion oh well keep it in the family and, uh, yeah yeah doing, he's doing really really well i think he got the um the border control uh well, no actually the boxing united prospect of the year last uh last yeah, last year, um, he's kind of like um, just outside the top ten in the world at the moment. So if all goes well, he should be fighting for a world title in the next um, couple of years. So you know they're both very very exciting guys, and you know it's good for me to to still be involved in the in the sport in some kind of capacity. Yeah, yeah. yeah was uh, well. was was Yardis, um trainer right to stop it at the weekend? I, I, I felt so. I mean, so I think a lot of people said oh, he stopped a bit too early and that, but I think particularly in boxing. Your training is there to protect you and to look after you. And I think uh, where he knows what Anthony is capable, you'll, you'll see he'll know when he's hurt and what he can do. And I think for me, that was a good stoppage because I think particularly against someone like um, Betavieff, who is yeah. an exceptional puncher. He's mustard. You know, yeah, he, he's very, very, I was like 18 fights before, 18 knockouts. You know, Anthony was, was hurt and um, it's better to, to stop the fight there. And he can come back, you know, regroup, regroup again mm. and fight on rather than kind of letting the fight, you know, carry on and possibly getting, you know, a real bad knockout, mm. which could have had, you know, more detrimental effect in the future. So for me, it was a, a well-timed stoppage. He'd done well for, you know, for Anthony. So they, they would have been in the corner, him and Jimmy Cook, wouldn't they, going, uh, he's he's not good enough to, to win this fight at this point now, and he's going to... Yeah, I think as a trainer, when you can, like, with your guy, you know, day in, day out, you get to know what he's capable of. You can see the distress signals when he's, um, when he's hurt, when he's not responding properly and that, and that's what a good trainer does. You get you're a protector fighter and, um, you know, let him, let him fight for another day. What, what will his reaction now, though, be to uh, Tunji Jai, wasn't it, the um, the trainer who threw in a towel? Mm -hmm. what, what what will Anthony, how will he, how will he deal with him well, like, as, as the days go on? I, I think, um, you know, after, after a fight or any kind of defeat in sport, there's always that little inquisition, everybody goes, what, who done what and what should have been done. But I've, I've heard him on a couple of podcasts or sorry, a couple of interviews afterwards, and I think he's kind of, he understands that the people around him 
made the right decision in that, and I think he he's quite um he's quite he's quite chilled about it. I think he, he realised that you know although he felt he would like to continue, you know the people around him are in a better position and are trying to make a decision on his um you know in his best interest. So I think he realises that. Yeah, he's he's a nice lad. I've played in a couple of charity matches with him, and he's a big. Big boy as well. You wouldn't want to get him standing on your boy. <laughs> Actually, Babcio's got a big punch on the eye. That game I did yesterday, you know, Sheffield United had a player sent off, Daniel Jebison. And we did, the TV cameras didn't pick it up really. There was one angle from behind. We So I didn't know why he'd been sent off because it was off the ball. The ball was down one end and it was on the halfway line. But behind the goal, they, they showed one camera angle of it. Well, I'll tell you what. Colin, he, he was sent off for, for violent conduct. It was it was like it would have been like you shadow boxing. Um, you know, you know, he never laid a glove on him, so to speak. It was it was, it was nothing, and um, you know, I, I, for me, that sort of lack of physicality, or it was it was an FA Cup tie. The other the other lab was more experienced, and he drew he drew the contact. And Daniel Jefferson's 19 years of age, and he, he fell for it. He got suckered in, but I think that late on, it was a wonderful cup tie. And you, you'd have been if you had seen it, Colin, you'd have been ashamed because it wasn't, <laughs> you know, it wasn't a great, it wasn't a great swing. swing you know, and, and here's the thing: just going back, swinging back to the to the to the sucker. Um, I don't understand why, and I've said this before. When they have, uh, of course, we, if that had been at a Premier League ground, you would have had, you would have, VAR would have looked at that, that, that point. Now, am I right in saying that in the FA Cup and, and the Car- Carabao, whatever it's called now, Milk Cup, as I remember it, should we not have VAR at all? Because it, I don't think that it's fair that you can have a game so you know what's going on, Colin, when you have the video uh, assistant ref. Right? Yeah, right, yeah, so exactly. if you're playing, say Man United are playing, let's say they're playing, I don't know, um, Queen's Park Rangers, right? Who is a lower team, yeah? So then they have VAR, right? So they'll have a video assistant ref. Had it be at Queen's Park Rangers, then there is no VAR. Oh, really? Yeah. So how does how does that work, in your opinion, Jonathan Pierce? Well, they they can't. They say they haven't got the resources to put VAR into. Yeah, we don't have it at all. No, non-Premier League ground. So, um, and, and interestingly, have VAR been there at Wrexham yesterday? They, the cameras missed it anyway. Um, so it wouldn't have, it wouldn't uh, it wouldn't have mattered. But mm. um, yeah, I agree with you. That's to be a level playing field, and therefore there shouldn't be VAR. I don't think throughout the competition, you can't have one rule in the competition no. and then a different rule for other teams. But you see the argument, Terry, will be two massive teams then get through to Wembley for the FA Cup final mm-hmm. on which a place in Europe depends. Right. And there's no VAR at the FA Cup final and there's a big decision. Everyone will go, why isn't there VAR? Well, the okay, Cup then final? put it in the final then. Okay. And what, or the, the semi-finals. semifinals well, at Wembley. Well, okay, it's at Wembley, which I also don't like. I can't stand that the semi-finals are at Wembley. That gets on my nerves as well. But, oh, I'm really, really positive today, aren't I? <laughs> what about the young lad as well, the Sunderland boy? Oh. Well, the kid who, who the 15-year-old. Oh, do you know about this? You don't know about this because you, you, know, you know that you've got those sort of square, rectangle, white things, Colin, right? And then there's that big round thing, right? And you have to put that in between those sticks, right? It's, that's called a goal, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> he's going to punch me. Uh, so the, he's come on. What's the young lad's name, Jonathan? Uh Brig, isn't it? Or Brig, yes, it yeah. is Brig. Chris Rigg. Chris Rigg, sorry. Chris he's 15 Rigg. years of age. 
15, comes on for his second game, right? He scores the last seconds. He scores the winner to put them through. The glory, yeah? Offside. Well, he, he was offside. He was, he was off. Well, he wasn't offside. No, no, there's another player involved. He was offside. offside. So what a shame. But then we'd have, we would have had VAR in that. And if that had turned out to be, you know, actually a goal, right? And if we didn't have VAR, do you get what I'm saying? So it needs to be... I've dropped my pen and I'm not talking about a female, female swan we need to have uh, some sort of clarity on that I think I think, but I think we should have VAR in boxing you know you get knocked out but it's not a fair punch so you can get, get, get him back up get him back up get him ready again <laughs> what about the judging system Colin at the moment in boxing because it it's still very controversial isn't it and seems to be very inconsistent I mean I wasn't um, wasn't Yardy ahead on and a couple of cards. Two, two, two of the scorecards, yeah. I think, you know, boxing is always going to be very difficult because it's, 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 it's quite subjective. You know, different people like different things. You get mm -hmm. some judges who like, you know, people who are more aggressive. We get other judges, you know, yeah, they prefer someone who's a bit more skillful. So, you know, say for any particular fight, it's, it's so dependent on who, who the judges are. I think, you know, obviously the only way you can really make sure you've won a fight is to you know actually buy the KO or you completely out outclass someone because as I say judges are, are very very you know very very different you know they, they like different things I mean even for myself sometimes you watch a fight and you can have two two champions there watching the same fight they're both seeing it you know quite differently sometimes very very hard to to um to, to pick a winner particularly when you've got two guys who are quite evenly matched yeah how did you meet? How did you? How did you two get to know each other? Ah, well, oh, unlike oh, you, oh, I didn't. Oh, I didn't smash. Oh, I didn't smash oh, on the glass. Oh, <laughs> uh, actually, we we did we a lot of charity matches, and also um, we uh, then end up doing stuff for a, for a lovely lady called Avril, who's got a, a charity called the uh, Dream Factory. So we, we we're patrons of that as well. And then Colin also has, which we'll go on to in the second half because we're going to take a break. He has a he has a wonderful charity where he has uh, disadvantaged kids and kids with uh, learning difficulties, and he has uh, these uh, boxing clubs, which is absolutely wonderful. So we have these charity nights. One which is coming up, and we'll talk about that in the next in the next fifteen twenty five thousand minutes. JP and T, the football friendly. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. New activation and upfront payment for three-month plan required. Taxes and fees extra. Additional restrictions apply. See mintmobile.com for full terms. All righty, we're back. Yes, just saying there before the break there, uh, I got instructed by Jonathan there. You didn't see, you can't see. He's going, you start, you start. Yeah, love it, look at his face. You can't see his face, it doesn't matter. Uh, the way I tell him. Ah, he does. He's Frank Carson, look at him. And he's also the farmer from Shaun the Sheep, look. Um, yeah, we were just saying before the break there that uh, Colin, uh, one, he's a wonderful uh, uh, boxing academy uh, for dis, dis, disadvantaged children and children with learning difficulties, Colin, am I right? Definitely, yeah. yeah. It, yeah. We, we do all kind of schools. Also, like primary school schools, we're going to the different primary schools. I set up a charity about 10 years ago. Um, yeah, so they trying to put something, something back. I think um, particularly some of the schools we go into, kids don't get the opportunity to take part in boxing. It's not contact stuff, it's just using the bag, the pads. And I, I think it's kind of great when you see, you know, some enjoying a sport and get, get taken part in it. Whose dog's going off? At the postman. Mine go off for the postman as well. Does your, do your, does your, does your uh, do, you've got a lovely dog, by the way. Do, do, get, 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 the, get, the, get the envelopes when it comes through the bloody, mine no, too. She, 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 everything to pieces. <laughs> <laughs> she leaves the envelopes alone, she's after the postman. So, yeah. She's after the postman. Mine postman's brilliant, Ian, right? And he listens to this, so he's going to be thinking, oh, you're mentioning me. Uh, Ian, what he does, he, he quite obviously he has treats in his pocket. Uh, so you know he just goes here's a treat and the dog goes oh thanks you know he's he's a clever boy he's a lovely man actually um yeah so the charity and uh we we we, what we do jonathan we uh which you can come to you're you're more than welcome we've got james DeGale next on the 17th of march st patrick's day yeah so we do these uh boxing nights and we well connie does and i host them Oh, yeah. uh, and we had the Nigel Ben one. That's a completely different story. That, that went off. That went off. That went off a little bit. <laughs> that went a bit wonky. Uh, shouldn't take the piss out of Nigel Ben because he might give you a little jab in the back. Um, but we do these boxing nights, and then Colin raises money uh, for for that. And we have the uh, at the end of the year as well. We have these other boxing charity nights where we have the uh, amateurs amateur boxing, and we. We gave away, well, Colin kindly gave away one of his gloves, one of his world championship winning gloves. Yeah. And uh, we ra- we raised uh, we raised really well on that, and it was yeah. brilliant. And it was oh, such a lovely thing to do. He got it all boxed and you know yeah. put in a proper frame. And uh, what a thing to do! Give away your even the dog doesn't like the fact he did. <laughs> Is that yours going off now, Jonathan? No, I've got them. I've got them both in the room though. We got uh, jo- look at us. You know, we're, you know what we're like. We're like three old men with dogs. <laughs> <laughs> we got nothing but dogs. They can even though you've got my headphones on. They they can hear Colin's dog barking. So they ah well, mine is shut away because. I'm professional, unlike you two. Uh, so you mentioned the world title, the the gloves there. That's 31 years, years ago. ago yeah. the, the, yeah. the Stecker fight, where you, uh, you you took the um, WBO belt off him, didn't you, that year? That's right, that's right. Um, and that's before, I mean, I was kind of like lucky because one of my dreams as I say, was always to go to the Olympics to get a gold medal. And um, obviously I, I didn't get to go. Um, but... By faith in Mauricio Stecker, he was actually um, an Olympic champion. He went there and he got a gold medal. I think he also got the, the box of the tournament. 
So for me, he was quite, you know, quite satisfying yeah. when I actually beat him um, at Ali Pelly in 1992 to become champion because Brilliant. in some ways it kind of made up for yeah. for not winning it, winning my own Olympic, you know, getting a, beating someone who actually got a gold medal. So that was, you know, for me really, really special. I remember watching that. It's a really lovely thing about boxes. It's a bit like music to me in a way because you sort of go, oh, do you remember that song? And it brings back memories and it really does really brings back great memories of when me and my dad used to watch football all the time you know he's, he's still alive he listens to this as well so don't worry he's not I've not killed him off and we used to watch and my dad loved Colin Wimbledon so we get and I always remember because what always sticks in my mind the green shorts of course and then the, his little your little your little, little tags uh, yeah, 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 his little tags on the side of his head didn't he what was it two or three you had I can't remember about, uh, yeah about four or five little, little dread dreads on the, on the little left dreads on the side of his head and I used to remember watching him going oh like that was your, that was his thing but yeah. I, I, it was just it brings back great things my you know my dad with the days when you could watch but people could watch boxing without having to pay yeah, fortune for it special TV yeah you know and, yeah, and Jonathan said I mean that was a great time you had Nigel Ben Chris Eubank Michael yeah. And Frank Bruno and it's all in special TV Duke McKenzie yes he was good around that time he was a, a golden age for boxing in this country how comes you never fought Zuma because that, that would have been a, a, a great fight wouldn't it you and Zuma Nelson yeah, yeah. Well, to be fair, I kind of like um, Don King flew me over to America when I was flying high, and he was trying to phone me up. And I think he was trying, he would have tried, trying to make that make that fight between myself and Azuma Nelson. But like, um, I never signed with him, so it never materialised. But um, why didn't yeah, you go? Was, why didn't you go with Don King? Because because of everything that's is everything true about Don King? Do we? Uh, are they listening, Jonathan? <laughs> they're listening. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. To be fair, I mean, there's a lot of good things, a lot of bad things. But like, um, at the time, I wanted to be based back in England. Right. Like Frank Warren made me a decent deal, you know, and uh, you know my family, and that was over here. So to upload yourself and go to America is a big kind of commitment. So I, I think I, I decided to stay over here, and uh, yeah, and carry on my career. I tell you what, here's a random friendship mentioning Frank Warren. I don't know Frank, and uh, but do you know he's really good mates with him, Jonathan? You're not going to believe this. Who go out? They all go out to dinner as a, like a little threesome, little little tra- trapple. Who? Harry Hill and Tim Vine, uh-huh. and Frank Warren are all little, all friends. Isn't that funny, isn't that the funniest? Uh, um, you wouldn't put that all that three together, would you? But anyway, yeah. I just, I just thought I'd tell you that. There's always uh, been a big connection between football and boxing, hasn't there? Like f- footballers are friends with boxers and vice versa. Well, you went to school with a lot of footballers, didn't you? Yeah, Tony Cotter, me and myself and Tony Cotter, he was a year older than me. And um, it's funny, I always think of like, um, we had some real good footballers and, you know, Tony was one of those kind of guys who were really, really dedicated. But like, I um, mean, yeah, he'd done, he done really, really well. I bumped into him a couple of months ago at another charity function. Yeah, he's lovely, isn't he? Um, yeah, yeah, he's doing a lot of good work himself. Yeah, he's a good lad. Uh, yeah. And, and Paul Ince, of course. We, In fact, you and I have played uh, together, I think, with Paul. And you're friends with his brother, aren't you? Yeah, I'm, I'm, no, it's actually Paul Parker. Yeah, Paul uh, Parker. What did, who did I just say? Paul, Paul Ince, what an idiot. Sorry, yeah. Paul Parker. Yeah, there's too many Pauls. Yeah. Can't do all the, we need a Peter. We need a Peter in this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, know, I, know, I know Paul in Vinci when he was younger. Oh, he's around in Lucky Living. So I know Paul in from that. But like uh, Paul Parker. Oh, what a lovely man he is, by the way, Paul Parker. Yeah. I know his, his, his brother Dennis, we're, we're very good, mate. We're very close. So, yeah, yeah, Paul I mean, Parker's a sweet, sweet, sweet man. A sweet, sweet yeah. man. Um, where, did the, where did the sweet sea come from? Um, when, when I was younger, I think people I loved Sugar Ray Leonard, and um, uh, people used to say, "Ah, oh, you're sweet like sugar." So, uh, yeah, sweet sea. You know? And there was another fighter around at the time who was really, really good. A come called um, Pernell Whitaker. 
Twin yeah. Peaks. Yeah, yeah. You know, so um, yeah, I think I, I like I like that kind of style. For me, boxing's always about hitting and not getting hit. You know, people like Muhammad Ali, Sugar Ray Leonard, Pernell Whitaker. Mm. You know, those are the guys that kind of really inspired me. And um, yeah, I think with boxing, I, I always say to the young kids that you've got to try and, you know, look after yourself. You know, you want to try and enjoy, have a great career, but come out with your, your mental faculties intact. You know, it's a very tough sport. And um, yeah, yeah it, it, um, I, I, met, I met Sugar Ray because uh, um, we had a we had a, um, a football director who also directed boxing when the BBC did a lot of big fights on Trust Your Television Sports Night on, in, in midweek. He's be famous for big boxing. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so we used to bring him over for functions. Yeah. And when he retired, this fellow, he brought Marvin Hagler over to his retirement. He's got a retirement party, right? A pub down on the River Thames. <laughs> and we're going, oh, who's going to be there? He went, yeah, Marvelous Marvin will be there. Went, yeah, yeah, right, 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 right. right. Anyway, wow. So he pitched up and then and Marvin Hagler was there. And yeah. anyway, I've gone out and I'd had, I'd, had, I'd had three or four. No, anyway, so, you were in seven or so, eight. Anyway, so I've gone over to him, and the first thing I said to him was, oh, no. blimey, you're small. <laughs> because I thought, right, <laughs> Marvin Hagler would be there on me. Yeah, and he does, you would think no, he's big, So anyway, this, this conversation carries on until the producer of the sports program on Capital came across and went, no, JP, Marvin Hagler doesn't go want to go anywhere with you for a fight. And apparently I've asked him out. <laughs> oh, Marvin Hagler. He would have been a very short fight. I think it would have been short in stature and short in, in time. <laughs> Crap. I'd, run away, I'd have run away, wouldn't I? <laughs> I don't think he would have got away. <laughs> hey, do you know, just uh, just just interesting uh, how boxing, we, we had boxing, didn't we? Now, my, my son, uh, is, as we spoke before, is obsessed with uh, mixed martial arts. Um, you know, I'm in a I'm in a thing now. When my bow's 16 now, and I, he comes over sometimes, and I think, oh, that lovely, he's still going to give me a cuddle at 16. The next thing I know, I'm in I'm in an, I'm in an arm bar on me on me back, right? <laughs> um, but uh, it, it's interesting how the, the the internet, YouTube mainly, has has grown a whole new thing now. You know, uh, uh, not just not just of course mixed martial arts bare knuckle fighting has become a massive thing which must be a lunacy sport right mm. that's a crazy world um but then what we've got is we've got then now which we spoke about before you and i Cole, about this this whole youtube world now you know which i, I find it bizarre that this is i think watered down the sport personally you know with the with the pauls jake paul and whatever you and now he's he's in obviously at the weekend that you know butting heads with with fury what, what do you think about all this? Do you think it's good for the sport? Or do you think it's bad for the sport? No, I mean, they're no. making money out of it. Money, like yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair, you've got to say good luck to them. Go ahead and do it. But, you know, as a, as a, as a boxing purist and that, when you see all the guys who work so hard to Correct. develop and, yes. and uh, you know, go through all the, all the hard work to try and ele elevate themselves and to get into position to, to make money, it's sometimes a bit difficult to see guys who, you know, can't, can't really fight, but have just got large followings and uh, you know, go out there and um, and financially do really, really well. It must be really, really difficult. I mean, I, I kind of say good luck to them, but I kind of I, I do feel for you know you get a lot of honest pros out there who you know train for years and years and years, but never get an opportunity to make any any uh, half decent money. You know, a lot of people now say all you need to try and do is kind of you know build up your your Instagram following and uh, get a good following behind you, and then try and you know have, have, have a boxing fight and you can make money that way. So. 
you, you, you wouldn't see them, though, bravely trying to battle on with a dislocated shoulder like yeah. you did against uh, Palacios yes, in, yeah. in that defence. I mean, yeah. you, try, you tried... You, you, you could see you were broken-hearted, Colin, let alone having a dislocated shoulder, but you tried your best. I, I, I can't see these YouTubers... Uh, yeah, yeah, that was that was a, that was a funny night. Obviously, when I when I when I lost the title, my shoulder came out, and uh, you know, try to carry on. But like, um, yeah, I think you know, boxing's a is a tough old, a tough old game. It's a, a real tough sport, and uh, as I say, you've got to just try and you know be realistic about it. It's a, a dangerous sport, so you uh, you want to try and you know get in there and get out. I mean, sometimes a lot of these YouTubers don't realise that it's it's not a game. You know, you've got mm. to when you get in there with people who know what they're doing. You know, you can, you do actually, you literally put your life on the line. So, yeah. you know, I, make, I want to make sure that you know, people who do get in, involved in boxing, in the YouTube or whatever, they have, they have to be to a certain standard. Otherwise, they can end up, end up kind of getting getting hurt and that will damage the whole sport. Well, that's the thing about, you know, when you've got the likes of Tyron Woodley and, uh, of course, the legend that is uh, Anderson Silva, right? I mean... Mm -hmm. <laughs> one of the greatest UFC stroke MMA fighters ever still still having uh, top fights at 47 and then he goes and gets beaten by Jake Paul blah 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 and so does Tyron Woodley it was in his day you know top I don't believe it I'm sorry mm. I, uh, it stinks to me it is, I can't see I mean, and obviously if you put them in the octagon as well that's going to be over in two seconds isn't it I mean you know it's different. A, it's a, a different world. It's a different, different world, exactly. That's it's a completely got, different world. You put you yeah. put Tyson Fury in against Singano in a in a mixed martial arts belt. That's that's over in I reckon that's over in a minute. Yeah. You know. Um. So I just think it also stinks. I think people are getting paid off. And the other thing about Tyron Woodley and, and of course uh, Anderson Silva, these people are getting paid a fortune. Probably, I think they probably get seventy grand a fight, which sounds great in the UFC, but in the real world of uh, big fight boxing, it's probably that's. Oh, dare I say it, pish money, I wouldn't mind it, but, you know, and then they do these, like, end of, you know, era fights for themselves, yeah, and they're, they're yeah. getting a million bucks, and what are you going to do? You're, you're, yeah. you're basically completely dirtying your whole, you know, everything you were. I just think, you know, to break your integrity for money is a real sad state of affairs, yeah. and I, that's what I don't like when people like the, you know, Jake Paul, I don't want to say his name, you know, these people, but he's going to, he's going to finally fight Fury and people then get into this. Yeah, now, into the, it, Fury, yeah. Fury's a lovely looking boy. Don't get me wrong. Tommy I'm, Fury, we're talking about gorgeous. Go yeah, of course the other yeah, ones are ugly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what what a good looking lad. I mean, you know, I'm not even that way. In Tyson, Tyson, yeah, he, <laughs> he just called you ugly, son. Yeah, I'll give you his address. Yeah, I'll sorry, what, that was Tyson. I'll do. I sent me that round. I sent me that round. Me dad will beat him. Me dad's a good fighter. He sounds more like this than John Fury. He's scary as hell, John Fury. Barking. Just barks, didn't he, John Fury? Uh, but Tommy, Tommy, what I mean, any man would say he's a gorgeous looking lad, but what? I'm not into his. I don't rate him. Nah, I think he's, well, as, good as, he's yeah. as good as that lot, to be fair. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm making you right. I must admit, obviously, that Jake Paul, KSI, I think they've seen. Obviously, there's money to be made, and they're trying to. I think they've got a little. Is it called Misfits? A little uh, organisation of YouTubers of yeah. fighting. And look, look what's happening. We're on a football podcast talking about them. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So it gets around. I wonder, like, that, like I said, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, the kid in South End who started hashtag. He's uh, an hashtag now. They're uh, they're a non-league side now, Jonathan. Do you know that they're like three leagues below the division league two? Really. Yeah, and he started that. They're all they are all YouTubers, but now obviously they're not now. But actually, they put a ground together and. Well, good for them. 
Yeah, so that's that's it. That's the way. That's the way it goes. Well, Good well, for them. You know, we Good mentioned Tyson Fury there. He's got his. They, they've agreed on him and Usyk um, to fight later on in the year, haven't they? I think it's going to be in Saudi, isn't it? What do you think about that, Colin? Fights going out there. Um, that's what. That's what. Unfortunately, in boxing, it's all about the money. That's that's where the money is. So, um, obviously, back in the day, it used to be MGM, Vegas, and everything else. But the amount of money to be to be made in in Saudi Arabia now, uh, a lot of the, the big fights are going on. And in, in a way, it's a shame because I think for the for the true boxing fan, mm. they don't always get the opportunity to kind of go over there and uh, and yes, see, it's, it's and exactly see the big fight. The, and the price. And the other thing is, uh, actually, my son made this point, and it's a really good point. You know, and even in back in the day, why why are massive fights like in always in America or in in Saudi? They're just in they're just in a, like like arenas. You know, they they're not in stadiums. Some of these fights would sell stadiums. I, I don't. Why why does that happen? Why 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 aren't these like bigger fight like Usyk and Fury? That will be, probably be in a massive stadium in, in the UK, I would think. I think it's going to Saudi, isn't it? Are you sure it's going to Saudi? Well, I think that was the talk. It was going to go out to Saudi. Um, but Tottenham Hotspur Stadium is perfect for boxing. Yeah. You know, that's perfect. The high size, the atmosphere. Absolutely. That, but, you know. but, but my point is, if it goes to Saudi then, then surely, well, they're not maybe going to get that amount of people to turn up into those stadiums. As we found in the World Cup, the stadiums weren't the biggest, were they? So, no, and, and uh, whether or not everyone paid for their tickets to get into the stadium <laughs> is a different story for a different day, or whether or not some fans were paid to go into the stadium is a different story as well yeah, for a different day. Exactly. So it was all, it was all, it was a t- it was a competition made for television. So the pictures you saw were supposed to tell a story that wasn't, for me, in my opinion, mm-hmm. wasn't exactly a true story of what's going on over there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, you know, I. I talked earlier about the connection couple couple of gold days with boxing, but I, I remember I remember staying up, you know, you know, you got to go to bed now, school day tomorrow morning, oh, and, yeah. and listening to fights on the radio, the radio un- yeah. underneath underneath yeah. my duvet, right. you know. Um, Tyson Tyson uh, Bruno was the first one I did that, yeah. Yeah, I remember, you know, I remember Day Boy Green and people like that. Oh, and, and, Day and, Boy Green. Oh, they they were there was. Some, uh, it's always had a shady side, hasn't it, Colin? Boxing, you know, you're going back all the way. There's yeah, always been some yeah. sort of shady, dodgy. But to me, they were they were more honest fights in a way. Um, yeah. You know, gritty, gritty fights. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you got you got all, all the genuine good fighters, and that would have fought hard and kind of built up a, a good following, and that. And you got some real, you know, the real talented fighters back in the day. And I think we, we're quite, you know, I think every generation liked to, liked to, to think their generation was the best. But we had, some, we, had a, we had a good time in the 80s and 90s. That was a real good period. Well, you, you say that there's that brilliant thing of Ali, isn't it, when uh, your man's gone down and he's on the floor, he's going, get up, and he's, he's not even hit him. What's, who's, you know, the world, the, one of the greatest fighters of all time. Who's he, when he... Sonny Liston, Sonny Liston. Sonny Liston, and he's got, yeah. Ali's that great shot of him going, get up. Yeah. But the rumours were that the, the mafia had his family, didn't they? That was yeah. the rumours. So it was connected to the room, but I think if you actually look at it, they, they can actually show it was a good right hand punch which actually put him down. It was so far, you didn't see, you couldn't, you couldn't see it. Until I've, I've it watched it down. over and over. I don't think he catches him. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, back to football really quickly because we're going to wrap up soon. Um, and don't forget, um, 
on the 17th of March if you're in the Essex area come to the James de Gale night with uh, me and Colin and we're, um, we're, we'll raise some money for Colin's charity um, where can people find that as well is it on Twitter and Instagram yes yeah, so on Twitter or for contact the Prince Regent Hotel in Chigwell yes yeah, so. uh, March 17th so if you contact the hotel they'll give you or let you know how to get to get tickets for that it should be a good night it's always a good night it's always a good night it's always a proper tear up Uh, just news Jonathan John Joe Shelby looks like he might be going to Forest on loan or permanently Uh, hold on you want me to read stuff now (laughs) he's got a six month contract left he's got six months left on his contract two and a half year deal probably looks like he's going to go go do you know what I'd love to do I'd love to see on on February the 2nd go on the day after the window shuts Mm mm-hmm Someone to someone to go back over. This was the story you read on so and so in this newspaper on this website or whatever. Did it happen? No. This was a story you read about so and so signing so and so. Did it happen? No. And just and just just put it all together, and then people will realise how much bollocks is talked during January and during August for the right. transfer window. So and so is going to go. So I don't know about the Shelby deal. I don't, I don't know. So let I'll me cu- let me I'll, just hold on. Let's stop you right there. Paul Daniels, our producer. That's magic. It will never get tiring from that. Paul Daniels, make a note of this, yeah? <laughs> Next Monday, okay, the show, we're going to do a show where we're going to look on and see what was absolute bollocks. JP. <laughs> yes? Right, so-and-so's so ne- going to join so-and-so. So-and-so's right, going to join so-and-so. Let's make a note of all the rubbish we found, and we'll do it next Monday. I know what's going to happen. It'll be me doing that research, but um, <laughs> we'll do it. We'll do it on next Monday's podcast. Colin McMillan, what a wonderful guest to have had today on, on JPNT, the Football Friendly. Don't forget, you can get us at JPNT Football. We're up to 83 followers now on Twitter, Colin. Yeah. <laughs> we are smashing the gaff, but our figures are rising. People are passing this show on and letting other people know about it, which is great, and uh, we can't thank you enough for that. Um, uh, Jonathan Pierce, where are you this week, my lovely boy? Um, I've got a French game uh, for BT on Wednesday night, PSG at um, Montpellier, I think it is. And then um, at the weekend, I go up to Wolverhampton Wanderers against Liverpool. Do you know what I'd love to see? Do You you, you know, I'm going to pronounce it like this, but I'm going to get it wrong. There's a goalkeeper that plays in the French League called My Nan, right? Am I right? Menor. No, he's, gone, he's, in, he's in Italy. Oh, but wouldn't it be brilliant to be commentating and then just, just pretend, let's just say he's called my nan, right? And then let's a goal in and you can go, oh, even my nan could have saved that. Come on. Well, there's, a week. There's, there's been many there's been many footballers uh, with, with names that you've had to be very careful how you pronounce Stefan Kuntz of oh, Germany yeah. was one and there was well, another, and pl- there was another Irish player. commentators with Michael Ballack as well. There uh, he goes, uh, Michael Ballack. <laughs> And obviously, obviously, in political circles at the moment, we got to be uh, careful. We got to be, you know, with uh, Jeremy, Jeremy Dangerous name, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, that's right. And also, there was another one. His name is German player, and his name was spelt U W A Umlaut. The little dots over N K E R. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah. His name was pronounced U Venka, <laughs> but there was a very, very, very famous British. <laughs> <laughs> commentator who didn't call him U Venka, he called him you someone else. I can't mention this, but anyway, and that, that had to someone whispered in his ear. No, he's not called you. No, he's called U uh, Venka. So well, it was, it was it was great when when uh, when Fuchs signed for was it t- for Leicester, Leicester, wasn't it? And I was yeah. saying to my I was saying to my boy, I can't wait for the commentators on this one. Because they go David Blind, didn't they? they go well. Yeah. We think it's I'll, I'll tell you one last thing because we've got to go. I know Colin's got to go. It's all about boxing and, and the uh, and back in the day. I remember th- this effect it had on me. I remember 
when Morris Hope, okay. Mo went out to Las Vegas. Uh, you talked about MGM Caesar's Palace, what a venue. And uh, he was going to fight um, uh, Wilfred Benitez. Benitez yeah. And uh, he was going to, he was going to, he was going to marry his girlfriend, wasn't he, while he was there, Mo? And I listened on the radio, crackly old thing, and he got beaten. And he, he still he still married his girlfriend before he came back, I believe. But I remember crying that night. Oh. You know, I remember that that was the effect of boxing his girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, that's, the, that's the effect. But I, can, I, I don't know how old I was, but uh, 72 at the time. But, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> that's the effect it had. And, and, that, and yeah, it, does. It, it, it doesn't have that effect on me anymore. I'm afraid YouTubers and whatever, too many world yeah, title does, fights. But anyway, I hope it gets back to it. Does, it does. And, 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 and I, remember, I remember Bo doing that the other, the other week, well, a few about a year or so, two years ago, when Colin McGregor got beaten. He was in tears. And I was like, oh, come on, man. But yeah. I thought, yeah, it was. Uh, I remember just before you finished, I remember when Pat Condell got oh, terrible. And I, I remember just sitting there with my dad. And poor old Pat Condell. And I said to my dad, oh, look, he looks like he might be dead. And my dad's going, that's stupid talk. That's stupid talk. <laughs> but he was smashed to pieces, Pat Condell. But bless him, he got up after and took the interview. And he was in tears when he goes, oh, come here, serve me people. Mm. And I'm, oh, bless him. <laughs> what, what a joy it's been. Uh, it is. Colin on. A man well done, who, who, thought, who tried to defend his world title with a dislocated shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> tougher than that. <laughs> we'll see you soon. Take Bye, everyone. Take care, guys. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.